Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Tina Esposito, VP of the Center for HIS at Advocate Healthcare. In this segment, Esposito talks about the change in thinking that comes with becoming an ACO, how they're partnering with Cerner to create an analytics platform, and the simple way to find out what clinicians are really looking for with data. To start off, can you provide kind of an overall view of Advocate? Uh, I know that you're a pretty large health system, but getting into a little bit more of the, uh, the details in terms of uh, number of hospitals, things like that. Sure, absolutely. So we're a, a large, I think the largest integrated healthcare system in the state of Illinois. Uh, in total, we're 11 hospitals. We have over 6,000 physicians um, that are aligned to us, either formally employed, which is about 1,400 of those 6,000. The, the remainder are aligned through a clinical integration program. There are Advocate Physician Partners Program. Uh, the system itself is about $6.4 in annual revenue, and uh, we're a pretty large um, accountable care organization. At one time, I, I know we were the largest. Uh, I think now we're the second largest with about 865,000 attributed lives to us. Uh, we also have a very large post-acute presence with a large home health division that also, um, when I say post-acute, includes hospice, a SNF referral network, and a, a large uh, palliative care program as well. Okay. And we're certainly seeing um, the trends in that area, more focus on post-acute presence and, and bringing that into the fold uh, in sure. a way that hasn't always been the case, as you know. Mm -hmm. And now for a little bit of background on you, how long have you been with Advocate? So I've been with Advocate um, 18 years, so quite a long time. Okay. And now as far as the, the Center for Health Information Services, how long has that been around? So the Center for Health Information Services uh, began, I believe, in 05. Okay. And then how long have you been in that? Since the beginning. Uh, oh, okay. So it's funny, it was all of two of us back in 05, <laughs> and now it spans to about 35, almost 40 people. Okay. And now what type of reporting structure is there as far as do you report to the advocate CEO or CIO? How does that work? No, I actually report up to the chief medical officer. So my one-up okay. is the senior vice president over clinical operations, the physician, and then he reports to our chief medical officer. Okay. Right, now there is certainly uh, an ongoing relationship, as you can imagine, with our information technology division and systems. And I think uh, as things continue to evolve in the industry, but I think particularly in, in IT, there's becoming more and more of a realization that there's um, – uh, just as much focus, if you will, around the information as there is the systems. Um, yeah. And so we absolutely work together uh, often. I have many peers at my level um, in IT, and clearly we wouldn't have been successful without uh, that collaboration. Right. How often would you say are, you're in touch with them? Often, constantly. <laughs> yeah. It would be odd for me not to have some level of interaction at least a couple to three times a week, whether it's a formal meeting or an informal reach out or conversation, email, et cetera. Right. And now that the Center for Health Information Services, what does that cover for the most part? Well, you know, the beginning of it, it was really centered around this need in the organization at a, at a pretty senior level. Uh, around ensuring that there's a level of rigor in understanding, measuring, and providing insight into our clinical care being provided. So we always knew we were doing good work. There was just a need to ensure that there was a level of objectivity in, in understanding the work that was going on, the outcomes that were being delivered, the opportunities 
that may exist. Um, and I often say when you look at an organization, typically from a data measurement uh, analysis perspective, there's always financial rigor. Our CEO will, will often say we are first and foremost a safe clinical enterprise, and I, you know, the senior leadership really wanted to ensure that that was held in the same vein as we thought about health outcomes, quality, safety, engagement. And so some of the early work we did was really centered around ensuring that we consistently measured our key outcomes and uh, were incredibly transparent in ensuring that everyone was clear where were we on our uh, health outcomes journey as an organization. Were we fulfilling our vision? Were we on our way there? And I think some of that, you know, to get um, very detailed, I, I think also started with what should we be measuring? You know, what are our key outcomes? that the organization is after. And so we still support an annual process to identify our key metrics, ensure that there's alignment from a strategy and, and business perspective. Um, in the early days, it was about getting this data, as I mentioned, in a place um, that was very transparent with a lot of rigor. Uh, we created a health outcomes close. I think now we call it the advocate experience close. So very similar to a financial close, we close the books every month on our uh, health outcomes performance. And that's done through uh, either online reporting through an EDW as well as uh, a spreadsheet uh, that is delivered across the organization, across the board. Um, and now down to the associate level, actually, uh, we have measures that cascade all the way down to the associate level and are part of annual performance reviews, you know, along with certainly the subjective efforts in, in ensuring that uh, an employee is being evaluated appropriately. So, so there's that. Um, we also support and deliver monthly scorecards. So not only, I always say, you know, we measure everything and our, and our department is absolutely responsible, if you will, to support uh, ensuring that we're, we're um, taking a balanced approach in measuring our performance, but we always get deep or our team gets deep, if you will, around quality, safety, and engagement. So we provide the further drill down, the analysis, the understanding. So I would say very traditional business intelligence work would be a function of the team. Now, as we became an accountable care uh, organization back in 2011, 2012, uh, there was a need clearly to rethink how we were uh, assessing performance. It was no longer, all right, how, how are we doing on, on our acute care measures and, you know, separate from that our clinical integration measures and separate from that our home care measures. The need very clearly became how did we perform and deliver care across the care continuum to these right. lives that we are accountable to. And so it was clear at that time we just, you know, our data was not structured in that way. We, as part of our uh, Center for Health Information Services, before our ACO efforts, uh, we had developed an enterprise data warehouse. It had been incredibly successful. It was very clinically focused. It wasn't financially focused. It helped the organization and, and certainly our team be able to better understand drivers of outcomes and performance, allowing that drill down in a very easy way, but it didn't offer the insight that was needed to look across care settings. So we knew we had to rethink this in, in a lot of different ways. We partnered pretty heavily with the Cerner Corporation at that time, and we developed what we call the Advocate Cerner Collaborative. And the goal of the collaborative was really to start thinking through how we created a data platform and then ultimately the foundation, that would be the foundation to an analytic platform to help support these questions around accountable care efforts and, and outcomes uh, that span the care continuum. And, and one of the first things we had to do was pull all of our data together. So again, not just inpatient focused uh, and, and sort of kind of the traditional silo approach, but rather how do we pull all of our EMR source systems together? How do we pull 
and marry that, if you will, with our claims data, our PPM data, and truly create a platform that, uh, that again, reflected all aspects of care, not just individual levels like we had in the past. Um, that collaborative actually very tangibly is a team of 11. We certainly helped guide the efforts on putting the data together, but much of that was really done both uh, within our own IT team as well as Cerner's IT team. Um, and right now, uh, we're, we're leveraging the platform, uh, and I would call it a big data platform uh, right. because it's, it's a Hadoop cluster. I mean, it's not Google. You know, I get that, or Amazon certainly, but in healthcare, uh, it's, it's quite a bit of data and information, uh, but we're leveraging that with the team to provide some additional and advanced analytics to support questions around pop health needs, predicting readmission risk, predicting patients that are, uh, have the potential to be a high utilizer, uh, things like that. Okay. So really, it's been um, in the works for, for a long time, and as far as this need to, to, to provide the, the full picture of data for the clinicians, and it, it's been an evolution for, for the center and, and for you know, this partnership. I think it's been an evolution for the organization, um, and we continue to evolve as an organization in terms of the need of information and data, but also our ability to uh, consume it and provide it uh, in a way that helps answer very key questions uh, and help support decision making. So you're absolutely right. I think the evolution for the team has been this notion that we were very focused initially on a very technical need to pull data together. And so there was a component of the team that I think was very focused in on that to help direct that. Uh, we always had an analytic core, as you can imagine, um, but as this has become more mainstream and has become, you know, we've, we've built it out extensively. It still needs to be maintained, um, but it's nowhere near what it was four years ago in terms of identifying more and more data that needs to be incorporated. The team is very much focused on using it analytically. So you're right, we've evolved even as a team. Uh, less focus, if you will, on the technical aspects of bringing data together and more so on ensuring that we're using it in a way that uh, provides, again, insight to the organization. Um, the team also has two resources that are clinicians by background. And so when we put together an algorithm or we think through uh, the analytic components of things, what's front and center is this need to ensure that it is something that can be relevant to the front line, leveraged by the front line, and ultimately understood, right? Because whatever we create, if it's not consumed and if it's not used, then we've just created an academic exercise. And, and that's not our goal. Our goal really is to ensure that what we're doing, you know, makes a difference, both in the lives of the clinician, but I would say much more so certainly for our patients. Right. Yeah, that answered uh, what I was just about to ask, but just as far as getting that, that clinical input in there, that, that's a huge piece of the puzzle. But even then, I'm sure that that's not easy because there are so many different scenarios and different situations. Mm -hmm. So how do you kind of work around that, just the variety of what clinicians need? Absolutely. I think first and foremost, you need to ask them. So I think there's sometimes there's this assumption that we know better or perhaps a question is thrown out there and we're like, oh, well, yeah, we know what you mean by readmission. But I think you can't make that assumption. You really need to pull people that you intend to use your piece of analysis or predictive model or whatever it is you're, you're doing into a room and really very foundationally, fundamentally ask, uh, what's the problem? Help me understand it from your issue or from your perspective, and, and let's, let's really understand what's driving readmissions. And I think our, I'm bringing that up because that was our first uh, what we call a visioning session. So anytime we have a new project, 
we try to bring these folks in a room to talk through it and just really facilitate a discussion. And so I think you know, very easily back in 2011, 2012, when this was, I think it's actually 2012, when we were thinking about creating a predictive model to um, identify 30-day readmission risk, we could have very easily taken the definition that CMS has used to penalize us uh, with you know, the handful of conditions they were looking at. But um, right. again, you know, we're a large accountable care organization, and what we quickly understood from our clinicians was this need to ensure that we were thinking about all readmissions, not just AMI, heart failure, pneumonia, whatever it was that they were uh, at the time looking at. I know that's expanded some. But yeah. thinking about how we ensured that the tools that we were creating would help manage any potential readmission, not just, again, one definition of one uh, entity out there. So we, we always go to the source. Uh, much of what we do absolutely is thought of and driven by clinical input. We certainly um, will do various and numerous lit reviews and all that, and so we go in understanding somewhat what the issues are, certainly, but uh, absolutely that direction is 100% driven by um, our clinicians that, again, we intend to use our tooling. Uh, I think um, I think there's an important aspect that we need to further understand as we continue to pivot toward a very consumer-facing need or consumer engagement need. Um, that clearly is an opportunity in population health and I think in healthcare in general. So to take a page from that, I think we need to start listening to customers and consumers and patients and really having them help us define how we can best engage them in different ways as well. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.